Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. And today, my um, what it's about is what our response. What's our response to his obsession with us? Okay. Um, and as we've heard from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about man. God's so interested in man, right from Genesis to Revelation. We're created in his image. He put us in the Garden of Eden. Um, Adam sinned, Eve sinned, we've covered. Um, and he's provided for continuous forgiveness when sin comes. It's, it's always there. Um, and then he made a permanent solution <laughs> for sin through Jesus. And Jesus is part of him. Um, he gave us his spirit. He's made the power of his spirit available to us. We cry for help. He answers. Uh, he gives us promises. We just sang about promises. He, he gives us promises and he fulfills them. Even in loving him, he, he, it's he who enables us to love him. Um, we have promise of eternal life, a permanent abode with him. I mean, I could ask everyone something, and they could tell us something about what God has done and who God is in, in terms of us. And yet, he's the one who, he's so big, he's so awesome, he flung stars into space. And not only that, he named them. Um, he knows he created, I don't even know what galaxies there are. He created the planets that we know. Um, he knows every single one of the 8 billion people who live on the face of the earth right now. He knows what each one is thinking. How? I stood this morning, I was looking out the window. I just saw so many houses. <laughs> like, How many people live in these houses? He knows them. He not just knows them, he knows all about them. He knows their thoughts. He knows, he, he actually is their beginning, he knows their end. How? I can't, I can't grasp how big or mighty God is. He's everywhere. He's, he knows everything. He's all powerful. Yeah, um, this, this is the God who loves us. Does he have to? We look, we go back to the beginning. I'm going to go back and just run through the story again. Um, okay. God said in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. I'm going to be jumping between the passion, the amplified, the every translation that I can find. <laughs> All right, this is in, this is in the passion. Let us make man and woman and a woman in our image to be like us. Let them reign. Is this, is it me doing something wrong? I need to what? Ah, this thing can go down. That's. Do you want it lower? Oh, why? Ah, does this one go down better? Sorry. Sorry, I'm messing everything up. <laughs> ah, that's better. Thank you. Well, no, it's fine like this. If, if it will stand, yeah, thank you so much. Bless you. Ooh, Jennifer is helping me. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So, look what he did. He said, "Let us let them reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, over the creatures that creep along the ground, over the wild animals." So he made us, and he gave us charge over all of this. He created man and woman, shaped them with his image inside them. God's image is in you. God's image is in you. He's by the spirit. He's inside of you because he made us in his image. He put his image inside of us. All right. In his own beautiful image, he created us a masterpiece. Remember, we're thinking of how obsessed he is with you. So in God's eyes, you're a masterpiece. You're part of him. Who you are, you look at your, there's God in you, you, you resemble him. Okay. Yes, male and female, he created them and he blessed them in his love. He said, reproduce, be fruitful, populate the earth, subdue it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every creature that lives on earth. That was his mandate. I'm going to create in my image. I'm going to love them so much. I'm going to give them everything. I'm going to give them power over this, over that. Go, dominate, take dominion, populate the earth. I'm going to jump. I'm jumping to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. There's nothing that's going to be new to us, but it, it, it was just my train of thoughts where God took me. I'm just sharing. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace this one I took from the Amplified. The grace, the favor, spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the presence, and the fellowship, which is the communion and sharing together and participation in the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is what he wants for us. Okay, I'm going to pick the middle first. The love of God. Yeah, we're going to look at all of them. Um, this is what he wanted for us. Hey, hey guys, I made you my love, grace of Jesus, fellowship of it. It's all yours. It's all yours. And what did we do? We sinned. But he already had a plan. He had a plan before Adam sinned. It says before the foundation of the earth, you know, the, the lamb was slain. I can't grasp. I just am so grateful and so thankful, but it's beyond my, I, I like to imagine things and, you know, I like to sit and, but this one, I, I don't understand. But I'm grateful that he, he did this. I'm now going to take us to um, Isaiah. Isaiah um, chapter 6, 1 to 8. Um, this was Isaiah, is our prophet. Yeah, he's our prophet. Took him into a vision. In the year that King Uzziah died, I clearly saw the Lord. He was seated on his exalted throne, towering high above me. His long, this is from the Passion, by the way, his long flowing robe of splendor spread throughout the temple. I don't know if you can picture it. 
Standing above him were angels of flaming fire, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces in reverence. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they flew. How? I don't know, but they did. One called out to the other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, commander of angel armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. These creatures, yes, these were in awe of who God is. They couldn't help but worship. Wow, this is who he is. And they didn't stop. The earth is filled with his glory. The thunderous voice. Remember, this is Isaiah seeing. The thunderous voice of the fiery angels caused the foundations of the thresholds to tremble as the cloud of glory filled the temple. Um, put yourself in it. I've tried many times. I, I can't fully. <laughs> because every time you go there, you can't but fall to the ground and say, wow. Then, of course, like, like, like me, Isaiah stammered and said, whoa, I'm, I'm finished. Woe is, I'm destroyed. I'm doomed as a sinful man. My words are tainted. I live among people who talk in the same way that I do. My goodness, King Yahweh, commander of angel armies, my eyes have gazed on him. Basically, I'm, I'm finished. I'm going to die. Then out of smoke, one of the angels of fire flew to me. He had in his hands a burning coal he had taken from the altar with tongues. He touched my lips with it and said, see, the burning coal from the altar has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is blotted out. The reason for which you thought you were done and finished, I'm here to say, you know, that sin is because of sin you feel like this. It's finished. Here, coal on your lips. It's gone. It's blotted out. Then, this is Isaiah now. Now he can stand. Now he can hear. Now he's, he's privy to a conversation in, in um, heaven. He's here. He's seeing. He's watching. He's hearing. Because before he was like, I'm finished. I'm dead. I can't, can't watch this. I'm going. Now he's, he's made clean and he's listening. And what does he hear? Whom shall I send to my people? Who will go to represent us? He stood up, I'll be the one, send me. But was this Isaiah speaking or was he prophesying? Was he prophesying? Let me give you a different scenario. There's the Father, there's Jesus, there's the Holy Spirit. It says the grace of Jesus, the love of God, the fellowship of his spirit. The one to whom love is most attributed to. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying no one else loves. He's God the Father. Amen. When we talk about love, we say, and this is God the Father. He's watching. He's watching man that he has created. So, you know, and this, and, and you know, just come with me and bear with me because I too don't understand the beginning before man, the, what Isaiah, but this, this, just imagine, and he's, he's seeing man, and man is, has sinned. Man has become separated, and he's thinking. And don't forget, at this time, 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, like we've learned from David, it, they, they're one. They're the same. There's none that's higher than the other. Different, it's one God, different functions, if we can, you know, excuse me if I'm saying it wrong, but do you understand it's different? Because it says love, grace, and fellowship. Yeah, and they're all at the same level. And the love of the Father, he's hurt. Why? Man he has created has sinned. And he's thinking, how are we going to do this? And don't forget, this is even before the foundation, but he can see because time means nothing to, to God. And here's Isaiah in his own day and time stumbled into what was happening way before and he heard. And God said, God the Father, who will I send? Jesus looking at Father, I'll go. Send me. But he knew, but Jesus knew, and this is just Isaiah prophesying what has already happened, had happened. I don't know if, if I'm, it's making sense. But this was actually Jesus who said, I'll go, send me. But they're all on the same level. So when people are on the same level, who gives authority to who? So Jesus knew, I have to become man. I have to come down a level. So that I can be sent by God. And you know why I say this? I know I have it somewhere. Yeah. In, sorry, I'm going to be all over the place. In John 17, 5. Jesus says, So my father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. This is, this is how the Godhead, they honor the love of God. They honor each other. And that's why even the scriptures tell us that the Father and the Son the way they love the Holy Spirit, don't you dare sin against the Holy Spirit. So it's not, oh, the Father only, he's the head. No. <laughs> you sin against the Spirit. That, that's more trouble than sinning against Jesus or the Father. And yet, the honor is such that Jesus says, send me. I'll step down from where we are. That glory, I'll step down so that you can send me. Because, I mean, I, I, I don't know too much about the army, but if, if you're all generals, who sends who? <laughs> you know, <laughs> general has to send a captain or someone else. So that's why Jesus had to come down and say, okay, I'll go send. And Isaiah thinking, oh, what's my seeing? Oh, send me. He thinks he's, he's prophesying. He doesn't really, he's, he stumbled into it. Okay. Okay, so what happened? Ephesians, I go to Ephesians. And Ephesians tells us what happens. The corruption, Ephesians 2, 3 to 6. Again, I've 
turned back to passion. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through deeds, desires of our self-life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God still loved us with such great love. When, when you look through um, G, um, Israel's walk with God and the way Israel sinned, and the way God, yes, he was angry, yes, he punished, but the way he kept taking them back. That love, that's what he does to us. Let's not ever think, oh, Israel, they sinned, they had idols. <laughs> uh, sin is sin. You know, uh, do we have idols? I, I won't name them, but do we? But he still loved us with such great love. So rich in compassion is he, so rich in compassion, so rich in mercy. Even when we were dead, doomed, doomed in our many sins, he united us to the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. I, I, it blows my mind. He raised us up. We were doomed. We had turned against him. We were full of idols. He forgave us and then raised us up to the same level as Christ. And we ascended with him into glorious perfection and into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For why? We are now co-seated with Christ. Wow. The only reason I'm going through this is because it, when I went through it, I'm like, Lord, forgive me for taking things for granted. Forgive me for being nonchalant. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. Really? Yes, I am. But look what went into it. And remember what I said at the beginning is, what's our response to this? Okay. I want to look at Jesus. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus also, we've just learned, he allowed himself to be made lower than Father, so Father can examine. okay it's fine all right john 5 30 let's look at jesus's example he says i am able to do nothing from myself independently of my own accord but only as i am taught by god and as i get his orders submission even as i hear i judge i decide as i am bidden to decide as the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. And my judgment is right, it's just, it's righteous, 
because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself. Not my own aim, my own purpose, but the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. Amen. Can we say that of ourselves? I'm lost. I, sometimes I just can't talk. This was Jesus who was on par with God, with the Father. He said that. But when he gave himself, he gave everything. I will not make a decision unless you tell me. It was, it was by choice. He wasn't compelled to. And he's led this example for us. Yeah, God, I know, I know, I know I should do this, but you know what? No, I, I'll go here. Yeah, yeah, when I finish here, then I'll come here, even though you want me to go here. That's all. My own will, my own way, I'll do it my own. Empty your bank account and put it into the offering. Hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You know why he said that? But I think it was two days ago, I was listening to, I don't know if Margaret, if you know um, Pastor Chris Devlin from Kagoro. Anyway, he was, he was at a, a meeting, I was just watching, you know, he was like, and he was at a meeting and he was telling people to give an offering. And he said, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what happened to me. He said, my pastor was Pastor Wale Adefarasin. I don't know if you know, anyone knows him. He said, yeah. you've heard of him. And he said, that man could read your pocket. <laughs> and he said, he said, one day when he went to, and he had moved out of Lagos, he was in, I think, Abuja and Kaduna. And he said, one day he went back to Lagos and um, he thought, oh, let me go to Pastor Walid. And he said, he said he only had 27,000 naira. And that's not much. And he said, it, he borrowed it from his wife to go to Lagos. So he said, hmm, I know Pastor Wally. And he said his car, he said his, the tires of his car were so bad that he had to put a blanket inside one of the tires because he couldn't afford a new tire. So he said, you know what? He took 5,000 out of the money, took 22,000 and put it in his tire. He said, because in Lagos, if you put it in the car, thieves will, will, will rob your car, especially this car they can't open. So he hid it in his tire and he went into service. He said, Pastor Wale was preaching. And he said, wow, there's one of you here. You brought a little in. The rest is in your car. <laughs> and the Lord is saying, put it in. He said, it's not me. <laughs> it can't be me. He said, wow, the Lord says it's in the tire of your car. <laughs> <laughs> but this pastor, this Chris, he's now a pastor. He said he is so used to emptying his bank account now. He said, he, he said Lord, when you send me somewhere, you said they should not look, they should not look for, they should not take a purse or a, nothing, just go. He said, so I'm going. He said, many times I arrive at the airport, I have no money for a ticket. Why? Because God, you asked me to go, provide. Amen. And he said, God has never failed him. Amen. 
But on the other hand, God is also very demanding of him. And even though he empties his account, you know, you don't like to, to not have money, especially as a man. He said he already took this from his wife. He said, but he just snuck out, took the money from the car, added it to the five, and gave someone, take inside, and put it in the basket for me. And then he went away. <laughs> he said, God, he said he knew it. He said, the fact that he did that, God saw him, and God was like, I can see what you're doing, Chris. But why did that come in? Because sometimes God asks us to do things. We run. Nah, I can't do that. No, 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 it can't be God. Ah! I rebuke that voice. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. We were on par, but I submitted so he can send me. Okay, so what, what, what Jesus came, he didn't, he didn't do his own will, he went to the cross. So what did that mean for us? Romans 10, 9 to 10. It says, what is God's living message? It is a revelation of faith for salvation. The message, that's the message we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. Publicly. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of God. And the mouth confesses and it results in salvation. So that's what we have received because of Jesus' submission to the Father. Okay, we become his. Okay, so again, I was looking at Jesus. Now we're joined to Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, what does grace mean? I checked. S several scriptures gave me this. It's an empowering. It's favor but from God. It's spiritual blessing. It's every good gift, basically, from God. Ephesians 1.3 says, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been <laughs> lavished upon us as a love gift from our heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus. Why? Why would he give us the, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place? Why? Because he sees us wrapped into Christ. Now the Father sees us wrapped into Christ, which means there's no difference between us and Christ. But are we um, are we as pleasant to look at? <laughs> you, in, in, I'm talking of in terms of submission. What are we like? Ah, but you know he can't help but forgive us. Because every time he looks at us, he sees Christ. He can't help it. Remember, all of this is, what's our response? He hasn't changed. He won't change. He won't stop loving us. He won't stop forgiving us. 
He won't stop pouring his blessing upon us. He won't. He says, I even have good plans for you. I'm going to bless you. All my promises, you have them. But us, I'm asking us, what's our response to this? Okay. Um, just another example of grace. Is this thing moving? Okay. It's gone back to... <laughs> Is it? Yes, okay, it does. John 1, 16-17. Out of his fullness, his abundance, we have all received. We all had a share and we were all supplied with one grace after another. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor. Gift upon gift. For while the law was given through Moses, grace unearned, undeserved favor, spiritual blessing, and truth came through Jesus. There is nothing that he has withheld from us. Nothing. It says no good thing has he withheld from us. It's all ours. All right. Um, I, um, I'm going to jump. I'm jumping to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. Just one more example on grace. He answered me, my grace is always, this was Paul, my grace is always more than enough for you. What empowerment do you need? It's there. Do you need mercy? It's there. Do you, what is it you need? Forgiveness? It's there. Do you, what do you need? Power? It's there. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. Because when you think you're strong, yeah, when you think I can do it in my own strength, you're going to mess it up. Trust me, I've done it many times. So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So you know what? I'm not defeated by my weakness. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to, to not be able to do it in your own strength. It's okay. For when I feel my weakness and I enjoy mis endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, <laughs> I am made stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal, an open door to God's power. I can do this. I can do it. How many times have you made decisions? You haven't tabled your decisions before the Lord. Should I? Shouldn't I? Sounds like a good idea. Should I? Shouldn't I? Good ideas are not always his ideas. Not always. They could be. But always, always. It's like, uh, that's why I loved our songs. What did we say? Um, our, um, um, our very present help. Our very present. Ask. Help. Help me. Show me. Should I? Shouldn't I? It's, it's, it's not too much to ask the Lord. It's not. The more we ask, the more we recognize his voice. The more we recognize his go and his stop, he may stop. You, you recognize it more. The more, more you ask, the more familiar you become with, with his voice. Yes? says, my weakness is a portal to his power. It's an open door. Lord, I don't know what to do. I can't do it. Help. He loves it. He pours out his power. Why? Because we make mistakes. 
It's not that he doesn't want us to do anything by ourselves. It's that he wants us to have the best. That's what his love is. And that's why I say, if you ask me, I'll show you. But at the same time, he doesn't impose himself on us. He, you know, he doesn't. He won't say, well, you know, you didn't ask me. So, no. Jesus said it was his own free will to submit. All right. So, um, just one more scripture on grace. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But God's amazing grace has made me who I am. And his grace to me was not fruitless. In fact, I worked harder than all the rest. Yet, not in my own strength, but in God's, his empowering grace. That's what grace does. It empowers us. Mm. And he pours it out on us. Grace for what? For whatever work he has asked you to do. For the plans that he has for you. For living your life to glorify him. Basically, everything that brings glory to him demands grace, demands an empowering, and it's available. But you need to know and you need to submit to it. Oh, sorry, we. Am I saying you? We. <laughs> okay. So the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God, and now the sweet fellowship of the Spirit, because we have access to all. <laughs> okay, what does fellowship, I actually went and looked in the dictionary, what does fellowship mean? And it says here, it says a feeling of friendship that people have when they're either talking or doing things together, sharing experiences. So it's heart to heart. It's me open up to you, you open up to me. So we can call it, sorry? Companionship, um, friendship, you know, just um, just heart to heart, one on one. I open to you, you open to me, we're friends, yeah? All right, so that's fellowship, okay. Philippians 2.1. It's the Holy Spirit that we fellowship with. He's the one we fellowship with. He's the one we can have heart-to-heart -heart conversations with. He's the one who's with us all the time. He's the one who will give us advice. But you know, he's the biggest gentleman out of the three. I heard, <laughs> I heard someone say, ah, you know what? Father full of love, Holy Spirit, you know who he is. He said, Jesus is the one with the stick. <laughs> He's the one who drove the people out of, 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 of the temple. That he's the one who said, Woe unto you, Pharisees, whitewashed graveyard. <laughs> he said, Jesus is the one with the stick, but the Holy Spirit and the Father. Whoa. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, Lord Jesus. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so Philippians 2.1. He says, look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. You're filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have expressed a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit. And you have felt his tender affection and mercy. The Holy Spirit is tender. And he, he allows you, you get into such a deep friendship with him. You know, when he's going to tell you off, he doesn't use a stick. 
Ah, ah. I, 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 I hear that. I hear that a lot, you know. Um, even my thoughts, you know, I'm thinking, mm, I'm here. Ah! Mm, okay. <laughs> I shouldn't do that, should I? <laughs> I shouldn't have even thought it, not talk of, said it. So you get to know, you get to, he, he's gentle, but he, he, he's, if you open to him and say, I give you permission. Do not let me step out of line. Warn me, prompt me, whatever you need to do, do it. He will. He will. Because you want it, and he wants to anyway, but he will never overstep your will. He will never, if you don't will it or want it, he won't, but he's there. Yeah. And, of course, famous John 14, 26, it tells us who he is. The comforter, the counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. This is the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, the Father will send him in my name to represent me, act on my behalf. He will also a teacher. He will teach you all things. He will cause you to recall, remind you, bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. And that's, he's, he's here for us. He, that's who we're friends with. That's whom we have fellowship with. And then we also know that he lives in us. So he's made us his, his, his temple. And then we also know Acts 1.8. Um, we know that he's also power. It says you will receive power when he comes upon you. He also empowers us. You know, um, I know I'm rushing. 2 Peter 1.21. 2 Peter 1.21, he says, no prophecy, he also gives you prophetic words. No prophecy ever originated because some man willed it <coughs> to do so. It never came by human impulse. Men spoke from God who were born along and moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. So prophetic utterances, he enables us to give them. It's him. Okay, um, um, I'm going to run. Um, he also, you know, um, Holy Spirit also gives us that assurance of who we belong to from Galatians 4, 6. And because you're really his sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. He, 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 I don't know how to put it. I know it was Holy Spirit that led me to understand Father. It was Holy Spirit that actually took me. And I was rushing back, and no, no, he's like, we're going, until I, I um, was able to come before the Father and receive of the Father's love. We know he, he gives us gifts. We know all the spiritual gifts. The fruit of the Spirit is developed in us by him, sealed by him, transformed by him, sanctified. We're able to pray in the Spirit by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we have the love of God, the grace enablement of Jesus, and we have the friendship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So how do we respond? Or how have we responded? Um, do you know what? I was like sitting and saying, so Lord, what do you want? What, what do we do? How do we respond? What is it you want me to say? And, you know, he said, look, look in the Old Testament, look in the New Testament, see what I have said in both. And you know the thing that comes out in both? Thou shalt love 
the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, all your might, everything about you. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 and Deuteronomy 10, 12. Um, both scriptures tell you to love God, love the Lord thy God with everything. Leviticus 19.34 tells you to love those around you. So whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, in the New Testament, um, Luke 10.27, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy strength, all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And we all agree that those are the two commandments. Love the Lord thy God with everything that you are, everything about you, and love your neighbor. In these ways, you will do the will of the Father. This should be our response to him. For everything that we've talked about, everything that he is, everything that he's given us, done for us, is still doing for us, our response should be to love him with absolutely everything that we are and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So um, do we do that? Is the question. Or how can we do it in a better way? Or how can we determine that from today we will take it seriously? It's something we know. It's, it's, it's something I, I, I've known it for long, but when this was brought up in my heart, I was like, if God has loved us so much, why can't I also have obsessive love for him? If he loves me obsessively, why can't I love him back? And do you know the funny thing is, he even will enable me to do it. All he's requiring of me is my desire to and then he'll help me to love him obsessively like he loves me. All right. And to love my neighbor obsessively <laughs> as well. Because I think it's, it's, it's harder to love your neighbor obsessively, you know, than to love God obsessively. But even with God obsessively, let me tell you, we, we, we have our own ways. Oh, yeah. Abby, mm? come sit with me. I'm coming. Next thing you know is five hours later. Uh, so what have I said to him? You're not that important. I, 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 I'll, I'll meet you when I can. It's not. This is my will for today, not yours. You know. Uh, I mean, what did Jesus say? I will do nothing that's not His will. Yeah. Abby, would you take a fast today? Please. I'll do it anyway. Why? Still my will. Still my will. Oh, could you speak to your neighbor for me? What do you need to say? You know, you know. I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow passes, the next day passes, you forget. Okay. Friendship with the Holy Spirit means being obedient 
to those little instructions that he gives. I love God with all my heart. Yes. If you do, you will be obedient to the little prompts that he gives. Wake up. I need you to pray for this person. Yeah. Don't go right. Go left. There's something I want you to do when you go left. But if I go left, I'm going to miss the train. Ah. Mm. And then you go right. There's little things. Tiny little things that we, we may not, we take as, you, you know, um, <laughs> let me not even go into some other things. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit will show us those little things that mean a lot. If you're friends with God, you will obey him. If you have a friendship with him, that's how you show. I'm just going to read um, John chapter 5 and then close. I'm just going to read it. This was Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, I am a true, and I'm reading from the Passion. John 15, yeah. I'm a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. Wow. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. Who are the branches? He prunes. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. You've been made clean by my words. You've been made clean because already you've said yes. So my blood like we talked, like Deji reiterated it in communion. So you must remain in life union with me. Do you know what? We've said yes, and he yet he's not tying us to him with, with a rope. It's still our own free will. Do you know, I was talking to someone, and they were like, yeah, you know, I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with God. Yes, I do have a relationship with God, but yeah, I still have free will. I said, free will to do what? I can do this and I can do that. Like, hmm, you can. Can you? And do you think you'll be dishonoring God while you're doing it? Yeah, but, you know, he, you know it, it's my free will to do it. I'm not dishonoring him. Mm, think about it again. There are things we might be doing. As a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Intimately joined means being obedient to him, means doing his will. Yes, um, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, your source, not you being your own source. He's your source. Yeah? Fruitfulness will stream from within you. We want to be fruitful. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to do well. He said he will bless us. And, it, you know, it, it, it comes with us sticking close to him. It comes with us knowing we're in life union with him, staying there. Because he knows the best ways. He knows how to bless you the best. Okay. When you live separated from me, you're powerless. Hmm. 
Are we separated? Is that why we don't see enough parts? Ooh. If a person is separated from me, he's discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. That's when you completely tear yourself away. But if you live in life union with me and my words live powerful within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Hey. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. You know, that's another, that's something, that's our guiding line. What I'm doing, what I'm saying, where I'm going, everything, even how I treat myself, does it glorify God? That's a plumb line. That's something you can use to measure. Okay. He says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. And you must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love. Just as I've kept the Father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. So, obey his commands. Keep his commands. Do what he says. And do you know what he says? My commandments are not grievous. They're not hard. Therefore, you're good. They're not hard. <laughs> Therefore, you're good. They're, and you know, you do his, you, if, you, if you obey him, you're blessed. You're so, I don't know why, I don't know what's wrong with us. <laughs> with me, with me, with me. Let me talk for myself. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Do you know something? When I read this and he said, he, he, you know, the joy that I feel. What, what did Jesus say in Hebrews? He said, for the joy of us coming to the Father, he went to the cross. For the joy of it. And I thought, why will I not continue to give him joy by bringing more? Do you get? He, he's full of joy when, when, because we've come to the Father. So... Why will I, if I want to honor him, I want to please him, what can I do? Bring more. He's big enough to take all. Okay. Um, and he says, this is my command. Remember he said to us, obey my command. He said, this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. Jennifer, can you love me like Jesus <laughs> for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all there's no truly love is sacrifice it is it involves a lot of sacrifice especially because you're doing it for someone else it's your time yeah it's your time your resources um, you're going out of your way you're sacrificing I'd rather be doing this, but no, 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 no. I'm doing this. But it shouldn't be a burden. If it becomes a burden, look, for I want to bring joy to Jesus, so I should be joyful about sacrificing for my brother and my sister. I, I must be joyful about the one hour they want to talk to me on the phone when I know I have, you know, this other thing that I need to finish. And if I don't finish, that means I'm, I'm losing one hour of sleep. It's okay. 
And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. He did. You know, we pray for Israel almost every night now. And, you know, every day there's someone dying. <laughs> Yesterday, two more soldiers died. And, you know, the, the soldiers, uh, many of them, you know, some of them um, volunteered to go and join the army. Some of them were reservists. Come, come. They, and, you know, um, and our prayer is that everyone who has sacrificed their lives for others, Lord, would you meet them before they die? Mm -hmm. Would you make yourself known to them in case they don't know you? Because what a wonderful thing to lay down your life for someone else. But what's the point if you go to hell? Do you understand? So that's our prayer. Lord, visit them, each person, before they die. Even the captives, visit them. So if they die, or even if they die, they're yours. And who gets joy? Jesus. So even when you're praying into things, you know, always ask yourself that, that question. How does what I'm praying bring glory to God? How does Jesus derive joy about how I'm praying or the way I'm praying? Is this the right prayer? It says, um, you show that you are my intimate friends. This is the one verse I wanted to pull out of all. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I won't talk more. I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. If he's calling us a friend, a fr if he's calling us his friends, it means he feels he can depend on us. Eh, don't let him down. For I reveal to you everything I've heard from my father. Remember, you didn't choose me. You think you did, but you didn't. I have chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last. Because whatever you ask of my father for my sake, he will give it to you. He will. And he says, I leave this parting command. Love one another deeply. So, Father, we just want to... Um, come before you and say, would you forgive us for every time we have disobeyed your commands to love? And because you're with us and in us and will never leave us, Holy Spirit, we give you permission to pull at our hearts, to tug at our hearts, to remind us and to help us. Because sometimes the love and the sacrifice is not natural to us, if I can put that in inverted commas. But Lord, with your help, we know that we will fulfill. Because our heart's intimate desire is to please you, is to bring you joy, is to glorify you. So here we are as CCF individuals giving you permission, Holy Spirit. Help us love deeply like you love us. In Jesus' name.
We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.